This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, everyone? Surprise coming at you one day early this week with a little bit of a bonus podcast. So if you've been listening to the show for the last couple of weeks, I've been talking about how myself and Kyle have been doing these bonus podcasts over on the Locker Room app, which is available exclusively on Apple devices right now, although it should be coming soon, hopefully, to Android. But the shows are a lot of fun. Kyle and I do these every single Wednesday night, uh, right after AEW Dynamite wraps. And so you can listen to the shows live on the Locker Room app, but the cool thing is that afterwards it allows us to download the shows and produce a podcast from it so what i've been doing is i've been putting these out over on our patreon page as a weekly bonus show so what we wanted to do today is give you a little bit of a taste of what we're doing over on the locker room app as well as the weekly bonus show over on patreon so here it is the full unedited show that was released over on patreon as it is each and every week and that aired live on the locker room app last night If you want to get these shows each and every week, in addition to our typical flagship podcast, join the Patreon page. It is the best way to support Top Rope Nation. For $5 a month, you get this weekly locker room bonus podcast, as well as our monthly Top Rope Nation Classics bonus podcast. So that's five extra shows from us per month for five dollars and other benefits as well check it out the link is in the podcast description enjoy this podcast and we'll talk to you all next week this is a locker room production What's up? What's up? What's up, guys? It is the locker room host show for AEW Dynamite. This is Top Rope Nation Extra. My name is Ryan Drasty, joined here by the wild thing himself, Mr. Kyle Ross. Kyle, what's going on? Oh, it's a good thing it wasn't too wild of a Wednesday here before we did this show. My, oh my. It must be, <laughs> it must be because it was May 19th. Yeah. You know, well, what a day in wrestling, obviously. You know, the Kane angle people can see on my, uh, what do you call that, uh, that I've got? Your avatar on the locker room app? Avatar on the locker room app, yes. Uh, You know, I had that before today, but yep, we've got the Kane angle. Uh, Today is the 25th anniversary of the click incident in MSG. 96. There you go. And it is the 35-year anniversary of a lesser-known MSG incident. 
86? Oh, yeah. Boy. Let's uh, see. This, this, is become, this has got to become a, uh, oh, I don't know uh, what the term is. I'm thinking uh, for it a, uh, oh, God, what's something when it's, like, not known by, I, I can't think, whatever. It's when a guy impersonated Sammy Hagar and got introduced as Sammy Hagar. <laughs> have you ever seen this? No, I've never people, seen this. People were sharing. I had seen it before, and I remember somebody, I was like, that's not Sammy Hagar. How did this guy get into the ring and be introduced to Sammy Hagar. And oh, it God. happened at a 1986 WF MSG show. A cult following was the term I was looking for, Ryan. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. Wow. And by a cult following, I mean me and six other people on Twitter. But it's very funny, <laughs> and people should look it up. It's circulating uh, uh, the Twitter app today. Well, I, I know what I will be checking out tonight. I'll send after, it to you after right after afterwards. Pod. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> But so May 19th, a history in wrestling. And, um, you know, I, I think the last two hours uh, were quite good. Yes. as I mean, usual. It, it, it always reminds us every week. We always say this, that dynamite reminds us how fun pro wrestling can be. You know, I the biggest thing that stood out to me tonight, especially after that main event, which was a really good main event between the Varsity Blondes in the, and the Bucks. Not shocked that Brian Pillman Jr. once again, <laughs> once again takes the fall with the tap out there. Uh, but uh, you know, like, can you imagine a WWE show where tag teams are like the focus? I mean, if if you look at this show as a whole tonight, I mean, like, tag team wrestling was m- certainly the biggest story, right? Like, you did have a good singles match at open. But you got the Bucks and the Varsity Blondes in the, in the uh, the main event. You had that great tag team match between the Acclaimed and Moxley and Kingston. And then, of course, you know they're pushing the, the Moxley and Kingston team and, and them challenging for the tag team titles at double or nothing. And then they come out at the end of the show. I mean, you're taking a guy who was just their world champion for, God, like a year, John Moxley. And now he's in a tag team. And it's not like a step down at all, right? Like he's... This is this is still a big position for him to be teaming with with uh, Eddie Kingston to take on to take on the tag team champion. So it's it's just like a stark stark difference to me between WWE where tag team wrestling goes to die as some people say. You know, like there's never a huge focus these days on tag team wrestling and in AEW where it's equivalent to the singles division. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head at the end that WWE has just not done a good job through the years, really throughout its history, since Vince took over, um, with a few exceptions, I'm sure somebody will hammer me with something, but um, of making tag team wrestling a big thing. And really, WWE is the only promotion in history where the tag team division couldn't main event or hasn't main evented. You go back to like the glory days of Crockett and you know all the other territories, tag team wrestling was something you could put at the top of the card. And, yeah. you know, AEW did tonight, and you're right, um, It was a good move. They were obviously building towards um, the tag team title match. We're now getting it double or nothing. Young Bucks against Kingston and Moxley. Going into that, I was like, wait, has that not been announced yet? And then I kind of figured out as the night. I'm like, oh, okay, they're obviously going to wait. And it made sense. And I thought they did a really good job with it, both Mm -hmm. teams winning. Um, But the losing teams in those matches, I thought, you know, got a lot to shine too. It wasn't just like the heavy-handed, obvious squash that you get on WWE television. It yeah. was like, you know, they gave the losing team something, and it wasn't just like, oh, wow, look at those losers that just put over the obvious team that was going on to the pay-per-view. It wasn't like that at all. So, yeah, it was um, it was a good show, and 
Another point I wanted to make with, you know, the Blondes being put in the main event position, I really like how AEW rotates uh, and gives different acts an opportunity to be in those main events, right? Like, that's a big opportunity for the Varsity Blondes. And I thought they looked at that match was worked exactly how your number one heel team, which is the champions, would work against like the number two, number three babyface team in the promotion. Exactly mm-hmm. like it should be. Um, so yeah, I, and it makes people feel more important when they've main evented a show, right? Yeah. So yeah, great show all around. I, I would give this show an A on the TV show ratings. <laughs> if I threw if I threw it around for your A through F score yes, like I did this- after Backlash Sunday night or pay-per-view post-show. You, you know, I, yeah, we, tr- we strive to be objective. Uh, on this pod and i think we do a damn good job of that ryan Mm -hmm. but i just gotta say this objectively speaking or maybe it's subjectively speaking i'll let the listeners decide when i watch aew i just have more fun you know Mm -hmm. i i wrestled with this pun intended and I, i went on facebook after our last pod when we reviewed backlash i'm like you know objectively i guess that was a good pay per view. there was good wrestling on it but i just didn't care i was so bored for three hours. I was, you know, sending you and Justin, quite frankly, some dire texts <laughs> that were. we don't need to share with the listeners. I don't want to like <laughs> make them think, you know, like you're holding me at gunpoint or anything like that to do this show. Cause I, I love talking to you guys when we do it, but um, I just enjoyed the last two hours a lot. I, I thought every segment worked. And I, I don't know how often you could say that about a wrestling TV show. Um, I don't think this had the high end matches of the last two weeks on dynamite mm-hmm. but every segment worked and made me care about the upcoming pay-per-view more yeah i i would say the same like if i was ranking this against the last few dynamites i would i would definitely put it a little bit of a step below because like you said the match quality maybe wasn't quite as top tier as the last couple but it was still like a really fun show most everything that happened on the show was was important in in the uh, the story the company is telling moving forward. So it just again it's 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 an easy watch every week, which is is what I like. Every show feels different. Um, I tend to feel like on the WWE shows I'm watching the same show every single week. You know, like here they're elevating a team like the Varsity Blondes to the main event scene, and it, it's something different. There's something different every single week, and that's what I love about watching it. So, yeah, I, I just like the individual acts more. I'm just more interested in them. They just everything feels fresher. Like, yeah. you know, I kind of got a little snarky on the backlash podcast. We did what, you know, you know, you guys and, and you guys certainly weren't alone in this. Like, you know, kind of the emotional ties to Cesaro and his quest to win the title. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people felt the way. I felt nothing personally watching that match. <laughs> and, you know, people who want to call me a hater or anti-WWE, let me throw this right back at your face, okay? Daniel Bryan was in the WrestleMania main event not a month and a half ago, right? Mm-hmm. He gave an interview saying he felt nothing. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's the performers too. I mean, I'm sure Cesaro, for him, it's his first pay-per-view event. You know, it, it was a big deal to him, but... Um, you know, I personally, I didn't feel a lot watching that pay-per-view. I had no emotional ties to it. This show, I just had fun. You know, I was I was like, I like all these people I'm watching. I was entertained uh, by the majority of the segments. And I'm just really interested how a lot of these acts grow. Yeah. Speaking of growing, I mean, <laughs> this team. The Excuse acclaimed, me. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> no, not in that way. But okay, <laughs> growing as far as <laughs> I'm not going to go down that road. But this mm-hmm. team, the acclaimed. I mean, yeah. Every single week, you can see them grow as a team. They are a freaking awesome team. Max Caster is just unbelievable on the microphone. I, I I tweeted it out during the show. This this team has to get tag team gold at some point. You know, they're just freaking. I just love watching those two. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of tough though right now because you've got the box yeah. as the champions of their heels. But you're right. Um, and you know the thing is though, like championships for them to mean something, it shouldn't be something that oh wow these guys have like had three good weeks in a row and we we, we should give them a title. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I feel like they. Yeah, eventually they're going to be the AEW Tag Team Champions. But I think, you know, if you wait, you let them grow a little bit more, it'll mean more when they do get there, I think. Um, You know, it's funny that you mentioned the ring work and growing in-ring, and I thought this was maybe their best in-ring effort ever tonight against Moxley and Kingston. But, you know, for me, and, you know, some people aren't going to like this, but it harkens back to, like, the Attitude Era. You know, when Raw was doing its biggest numbers, what's the thing that people are going to look forward to most when the acclaimed come out every week? That promo. Yeah, the rapping, mm-hmm. right? It, it's like the match is almost, you don't want to say secondary, but sometimes, you know, um, it's the promos. I mean, that's the highlight every week. I mean, remember like the New Age Outlaws? You know, I, I don't know if this is like the best example or apples to apples or anything, but people freaking lost their shit for that ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls thing, right? I mean, we can like mm-hmm. laugh on it, but dude, that was like so over in 1998. And if you can get people invested before your match with a shtick like that, that is a huge feather in your cap and you're going to get noticed and you're going to stay over. Um, and Max Caster is just killing it with that stuff. And Bowens mm-hmm. is going to be the workhorse of the team. So they really complement each other well. Uh, and yeah, it was a great match against Moxley and Kingston. I know you had some issues with the, uh, as others did on Twitter, the version of Wild Thing that Moxley's coming out to now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I get I get why they're using that version because of the, you know, it was on Major League. People are familiar with it and everything, and it it is a little crazier from the guitar perspective than the original. Uh, but you know, as a rock and roll traditionalist, you cannot beat the trogs version of wild thing and i loved that moxley came out to that version last week i'm sorry just objectively the x version is not as good of a performance but i, I get why they're using it it is a little it sounds like a little bit more upbeat so yeah i i, yep. I, I get it but i would have liked to have seen him stick with the trogs what about well, you it, it, well at least it's not the sam kinnison version can yes. we agree on that <laughs> okay. yes <laughs> okay um you know the vocals are not as good as the trogs. I'm sorry, they're just... no. But you're right. I mean, I think for the sing along factor and you know the pro wrestling environment, you're right. I get why they might use this one. Yeah, um, yeah. There was a tremendous spot to open this match. Something I complain about a lot on this program is matches getting off to a slow start. You know, whatever happened to just a nice fast start to just grab me right by the throat and say, "Damn it, Kyle, you're going to pay attention to this match." Well, this match started out so great. So we had that promo, you know, when uh, Max Caster referenced the oral sessions, right? So Renee, yeah. uh, you know, Renee Puckett's, uh podcast, which was like such an obvious line. And it was so good. And it got great heat. And then Bowens went to do the, you know, his little spiel afterwards. The acclaims and Moxley just tattooed him with the right. 
and the sound on it was so great. Mm-hmm. Like this is one of the best starts to any match I've seen uh, in a couple weeks, at least. I, I absolutely loved it. I was just right in right away. And the announcer sold it great. I mean, even Jim Ross woke up for God's sake. <laughs> Jim was jumping out of his chair, man. Yeah, he was ready to go. Yeah. So, um, Boomer Sooner. Yeah. So I, I thought that was great. It just immediately got me into it, and it was worked. You know, we talked about the main event being worked as it quote unquote should have been. This match was worked like it should have been in the sense, okay, you had these cocky young heels come out, the guys talking about, you know, oral sessions with the guy's wife. Well, how do you think the baby faces are supposed to respond? Mm-hmm. By, you know, throwing bombs, throwing haymakers, kicking ass. And that's what it is, right? You know, they didn't, like, it would have been so lame if the heels would have, like, worked on top at the start of the match. Yeah, yeah. Like, right? Like, it, like if somebody would say that, I mean, we're both married. If somebody says that about your wife, you swing and you hit them very hard. <laughs> yes, that's no doubt the way about it. Uh, and, but I love the uh, uh, line to Kingston. God bless it. What line of cigarettes did he refer to him as? Mm. I can't remember now. Yeah, oh, I laughed I very hard. Hold on one second. <laughs> oh, four. Oh, four. He said, why are you dressed like it's oh, four? Oh, it's Bob. I'm going to look it up on Twitter. This is great radio. Hold on one second. <laughs> That's all right. Dude, no, I, 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 mean... I know somebody had it because I, I was laughing so hard at the cigarette reference too. <laughs> do, 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 yeah. do, 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 do. Newports. Newports. Yeah. yeah. Well, why, why are you looking like a box of Newports? That was a really good line. So yeah, that was a tremendous segment. Uh, and the two teams won, they won interesting matches. They gave their young team opponents a little bit and yeah, we've got a tag team title match at double or nothing. And this double or nothing card, by the way, is stacked. Mm-hmm. I think nine matches. It's going to be interesting. The time on that thing. Uh, with yeah, with that said, I think our pay per view post show that night, which we usually stream live on YouTube, we may have to do that the next day <laughs> because I don't know. Just throwing that out there, we'll we'll talk about it as we get closer. But if that's a okay. show that goes till almost midnight, we'll we'll see. You will not get an argument for me. Yeah, we may have to. We don't have to sleep on that one. Do it the next day. We'll see how it yeah. goes. But yeah, the the show is going to be awesome. They're going to have a big crowd there. I've seen a lot of wrestling media members that are traveling to the show. It's going to be exciting. And you got you got the Friday night dynamite two days earlier going to be a great weekend uh, next weekend. And I know you are freaking extremely excited, judging by our text for the uh, Go-Go Cody Rhodes match. And uh, we get yes. Cody coming out in that uh, all-American leather jacket tonight. Well, he's he's ready to go. What did you think of that? I don't think there's a match I'm looking forward to more at Double or Nothing than Cody Rhodes versus Anthony Agogo. What and if Cody wins? Then how will you feel? I don't know, and I'm already wrestling again, pun intended, with that potential outcome because, you know, him taking on the American Dream moniker for one night, Mm -hmm. the wrestling fan in me, you know, it makes you think he's going to win. But I got to tell you something. And look, I don't mean to toot my own horn, but toot freaking toot. (laughs) The first night uh, of... We saw Anthony Agogo do a squash. The first squash he did when he won the body punch against the job guy. Mm-hmm. I we I don't even think it was a locker room show. It was something else that we did. Remember, I made that offhanded remark to you. I'm like, by the way, how great was that Anthony Agogo squash? Yeah. Right? Yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, this guy has massive star potential. Mm-hmm. In a couple weeks, I've developed. So did you see the promo he cut on Dark Elevation? No. 
Okay, I'll send that to you too. Um, Chad sent it to me. He's like, oh my God, he leaned heavy on the anti-American stuff here that we were talking about. He and I were talking about you know, some of the promos maybe a go-go could cut to build the match. And the first time I watched it, it's like anything else. You don't know what he's going to say. So you're like, okay, what do I feel about this? What do I feel about this? Like, I think that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I watched it a second time and a third time. I'm like, my God, this man is a like huge star already. And you could tell a star when he's talking and the guys around him kind of just fade into the background. No yeah. offense to the rest of the Nightmare Factory. But when I watched that promo, that's what was happening. Like, mm-hmm. the other three guys... Um, it just felt like, okay, they're just like, they were just like staring at him like, okay, this this is the guy and we're just in the window dressing. Again, no offense to them, but it was a great promo. This guy has a great gimmick with this punch. They have got that punch over. So great. And I saw the voices of wrestling. I don't know if you saw this. They were talking about, you know, how AEW inevitably is going to hit the UK market. And man, if it, if, You've got this guy built right. You could do him and Cody in a big time main event situation. Oh yeah, for that. And I, I'd be very interested to see what they've got planned as a follow up. Man, I really want to see him win. If Cody wins, they better have a damn good follow up to that. Um, and that's why I am looking forward to it more uh, than any other match, right? Because I really want to see a go go win. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah, I, I think I would concur. I think that is probably the one I'm looking forward to to the most also. Um I'm kinda I mean I'm looking forward to the uh the Britt Baker Sheeta match as well. But uh I think we're gonna see a changing of the guard there. I like both women, but uh <laughs> Britt Baker's just she's awesome. I've yeah, I've loved everything. And she's, she's gonna about. win. I you could almost argue they're a pay per view cycle too late with that title change. Not yeah. that she shouldn't win, but like it just kind of feels like Eh, you know, if she would have won that tournament, I think people have been ready for her to win the title. So um, it'll be interesting to see if they do any kind of giving match. I really liked their segment tonight with, you know, Sheeta putting on the glove, um, you know, doing that just, you know, to get in Britt's head. I, I thought that was well worked. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I think I think a lot of it, too, is just that everyone, when AEW started, everyone expected Britt Baker to be the woman, right? And then, like, so many things happened to kind of set it back, and then she got injured, and she was able to, like, keep herself a focal point throughout that injury, which was, like, last summer, you know, so fun to watch. So I'm just, I'm just looking forward to her seeing seeing her get her shot, you know, above the division and everything. And it does it does feel like the women's division is really on the rise in AEW. Yes. That has been like the, the big criticism for most of its history. And it really is improving a lot. Yeah. You don't hear that criticism so much anymore, yeah. do you? Because no. I mean, look, realistically, and we said this on the program, both you and I and Justin as well, it's not an excuse, but WWE had so much talent locked up um, on the women's side. Yeah, where you know AEW, especially during a pandemic, when you know a lot of women couldn't travel from Japan, mm-hmm. um, you know they're they're having to like pick and choose and really string some things together. Well, now you know things are open up and they built some folks up, and you're seeing some depth to this division. For crying out loud, when Britt Baker, again, we assume she's going to win the title at Double or Nothing, uh, they've already got like a net the next heel up ready with this Jade Cargill. Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah, they're doing a great job. And there was two women's matches tonight, by the way. Not that I'm counting. 
They had two <laughs> women's matches, and I thought the other one was great. The Serena Deeb yeah. um, Red Velvet match. That was really good. Serena Deeb looked tremendous. Yeah, she's freaking awesome. We, ta- we talked about a little bit. We did that show after the WWE releases, and we were talking about who should AEW consider picking up. And I said on that show, probably not Mickey James because they already kind of have that with Serena Deeb, the veteran that's just solid all around. And like yeah. every time she works on the show, it's always a good match. And it was, yeah, her, her match with Red Velvet tonight. Red Velvet's another up-and-coming star. That was yeah. good stuff. And she's coming off the injury, too. God, she didn't miss a beat. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that was great. Yeah, two women's matches, everybody. Yeah. Two women's matches. <laughs> Not that I'm counting. Um, the economy is made up of real people doing real stuff. And it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Just back to the top so we don't forget it. The show opened with Christian Cage beating uh, Matt Seidel in a match that uh, feels like it could have happened on 2011 ECW. Uh, but did not. These two had actually never worked against each other. Hmm. Yeah, that was a really solid match to open the show. But it, you know, when you look at everything that happened, it was to me it was like a big afterthought when the show was over. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, which I... and normally these shows start out with uh, a really good match that kind of sticks with you. This one, this is why I thought it was like a little bit below the last couple of weeks. This one didn't stick with me as much, but it was a solid. It was a solid match. It's just, I don't know, Christian. He are I know he's he's doing the stuff with Team Taz and everything, but he it kind of already is starting to kind of feel like he's just kind of spinning his wheels a little bit. Well, you know he's in the Casino Battle Royale, and I I think he's certainly on the short list of people to win it. If you go back, yeah, they teased him and Omega on his first night at Dynamite. Christian, remember he came in, picked up the AEW title, and looked at it. And they've really done nothing since then. Like, he just looked at it, and, like, there's been no interaction whatsoever, I don't think, between Cage and Omega. So I could see him winning that battle royal. They kind of probably should have him win it to justify the hype surrounding his arrival. Remember, that was a big thing. Because, you know, if they just make him another guy, it kind of plays into the criticism of that, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's funny, because Christian... He very much works a WWE style, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. His matches feel different than a lot of the other matches on the show, but that's okay because I like variety. And yeah. if just one guy's working like that, it's cool. I really liked that match with Frankie Kazarian a few weeks ago. I know, um, you know, it, it kind of pulled a wide swath of opinions. You know, was that a good match to start Dynamite with because it felt so WWE-ish? I liked it. It, it was a good old-school build. Um, this was a good match too. I thought mm-hmm. again, it it felt like the Christian of ten years ago, a guy that people were pounding the drum for when he was like, you know, in purgatory in ECW. Um, so we we shall see where they go with him. I think they're going to ramp it up the next pay per view cycle uh, with Christian Cage um, because I do. The only other guy I can see winning that battle royal from the list of names is Jungle Boy. Yeah, but um, no, yeah. I, I agree. You got to go with Christian. Just to justify the signing yeah. and the way it was hyped. Yeah. Uh, Sting is going to apparently wrestle a straight yeah. tag team match mm-hmm. at the Battle Royal. They hyped it at the end of the show tonight. Not cinematic. 
Uh, I, I love, by the way, that Tony Schiavone referred to it on air as a, quote, cinematic match. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's kind of like, I guess, like peeling the curtain back a little bit. But yeah, he's working a straight tag match, him and Darby against Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. I like Ethan Page on promos. I know my good friend Liam O'Rourke is a little uh, lukewarm on him and Sky, that act. But I like yeah. Ethan Page. I like him, too. He's got I a think, very good YouTube channel. I don't know if you've ever checked that out. Yeah, he yeah. a lot of vlogs. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good one, too. So, yeah. um, you know, Scorpio Sky, I don't know if he's quite as good on the mic, but I don't know. They're like a good mid-level heel team. Um, so I like that. And it'll be really interesting to see how Sting works in a traditional match. Mm-hmm. So yeah. out, out there in front of fans. Mm-hmm. That'd be nice. So, yeah, I mean, anyone tuning in the show, if you want to give us your thoughts on Dynamite tonight or Double or Nothing coming up, again, feel free to uh, raise your hand. If you want to just listen, that's fine, too. But we'd love to get anyone involved that's uh, jumping on that wants to talk. Um, Kyle, I did want to mention just the fact that this has been just a massive news day. I This afternoon, yes. I was thinking about jumping on our YouTube channel and putting on a video or something because there's so much going on. I just didn't have a chance to do it. But, I mean, to start with AEW, and God, let me just say, God bless Tony Khan, because when he was on Busted Open Radio today and he was dropping the news about them moving to TBS next year, uh, adding the second show on Fridays, it's going to be a one-hour show. Tony Khan said that he was it, the, the topic was broached about doing a three-hour dynamite. I don't know if you saw this or not. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he, he turned it down. <laughs> he said he wasn't interested in doing that, that he, he felt very strongly that uh, they needed to do a second show. And I just want to say thank you, Tony Khan, for not, not turning this show, which is such a solid watch every single week, into a three-hour show. Thank you. Thank you very much. Three hours is a very long TV show. Yeah. Name any show that's not like a pro sporting event. That's three hours weekly Every week during the year, name one. Yeah, none, none that I can think of, other than like podcast shows, like Rich Eisen or something like that. You know, but okay, I don't yeah, even know if those are three hours, but you're right. Okay, yeah, like talk shows are, but like you know, that's not in the you know. By the way, man, look, everyone's free to pick their own fights, but these people on Twitter tonight that were picking fights with Meltzer about raw and the longest episodic thing, which we just joke about on the show a mm. lot. What is wrong with these people who would like <laughs> die on the cross to say, Dave, don't you get it? It's the longest step. And like, and get mad when Meltzer points out that shows were on longer. Dude, Why I, would you do that? <laughs> who are these people? I, I don't mean, know how he, I don't know how he does. I mean, I know I can just tell you from my limited experience, like our, our podcast page has quite a few followers and sometimes people try to pick fights with us on there. And a lot of times I let it go, but sometimes I get drawn in. So I don't know how he does it because he's got way more followers than even our Twitter page. And he's constantly getting pulled into those arguments. And then you see the people he's arguing with and they'll have like five followers or yeah. something. It's like, Dave, screen this shit a little bit. Come yeah, on. It's like, it's like somebody who got on Twitter. It's like, I'm going to argue with Dave Meltzer yes. today about yes. whether or not Raw is the longest uh, running episodic show in, in television. History. But anyway, back to the focus at hand here, that Dynamite's not going to be a three-hour show. Great call by TK. The second show called Rampage. We should, you know, I'm mm-hmm. sure everyone's heard about this by now. It's one hour Friday night. going to be after SmackDown, I guess. 
And okay. apparently that's that's not decided for next year, but it, it is oh. for 2021. It will be on TNT on Friday nights. But then when all AEW programming moves to TBS next year, it may not be on Fridays anymore. I guess that, that part has not been decided, but it will be Fridays this year on TNT. And then next year, all their programming, except for the quarterly specials, they're going to do four shows a year on TNT, kind of like the old Clash of the Champions, I guess. Those will be on TNT. Uh, but other than that, Dynamite will be on TBS starting next year. And then this second show that's an hour long will also be on TBS. Yeah. Three hours per week of traditional television feels like the right number. Yeah. Doesn't it? Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, there's a lot of people, you know, contracted AEW. And, and it feels like they do have room for another hour per week. Um, three is a lot better than five. I'll tell you that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, and you know, again, SmackDown. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. I see a lot of people, oh, my God, there's so much wrestling on TV, and that's true. But I was thinking, like, WWF actually used to have this much TV on, if not more, like in the 90s. Like in 93, like, I know Raw was only an hour, but they had the two syndicated shows. There was, like, Mania. Mm-hmm. Act, all American, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, they, they had all, they had a lot of different shows, so there's always been kind of like more hours per week than you think. The difference is back then they were used more efficiently than they are now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Raw is just an albatross at three hours. Privately, they're not going to say this publicly, but privately, everyone at WWE knows three hours is terrible. I think we've talked about this before. Like mm-hmm. Vince McMahon himself. Like, if you pulled him aside and got him off the record, say, Vince, three hours of Raw, he'd be like, oh, my God, it's terrible. But he's like, they give us lots of money. Yeah, that's, what that. yep. that, that, that's what it boils down to. I mean, you know, 90 minutes is probably, honestly, an ideal shot. But, like, you can't do a 90-minute mm-hmm. show. Like, a network's not going to agree to 90 minutes. So, you, you take the two hours. Hopefully, your promotion's hot. You can justify it. And then, yeah, you get the third hour. And AEW's going to get the third hour now. And I... I it's cool. And they renegotiated their deal. They get more money. So that's a big thing for them. And that's what's great. Yeah. So that was the other thing I wanted to talk about. Because I I've, I talked to some people about this today. And I also kind of thought that when it was first announced. It was kind of like TBS. At first, you kind of think of it as like a step down. Unless you look at it historically, where TBS was always the wrestling station. You know, going back to, yes. God, what, late 70s, early 80s? Yes. Um. And you kind of look at it because TNT has the NBA franchise, um, just more sports pro- programming. Uh, it, it does seem like a little bit more of a prestigious network, I guess, to TBS, which is known for uh, a lot of syndicated comedy programming. And I guess Conan. <laughs> I mean, what, what would be the other hot properties on TBS? I don't know. Uh, but, but those... show it? Is Andy Griffith still on there? Or... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But like. The uh, the reruns of Big Bang Theory, like those, do really good ratings on TBS. Okay. So, all right, all right, um, all right, all right hold on, time out. Why? It's. I mean, I'm not a huge fan, but it's it's, it's a popular it's, show. It's not a good look. Okay, it's not good. <laughs> it it's does like, good ratings though. In, it, in it's a show. It's like a network TV execs like vision of a nerd. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. like not funny even. But it does do pretty good 18 to 49 ratings if you ever look at it. And so Dynamite will I definitely... Mean, the show pro- does good proper. I mean, is it still even on? 
Does that show exist? Like, do they have new episodes of it? I don't follow that kind of I stuff. Think it ended, didn't it? Okay, well, good. But um, I mean, it was a very highly rated show proper. So yeah, it I mean, but, well, the, but the big point though uh, that I was trying to say yeah. was that AEW is going to pull up, you know, their network ranking because they're going to pop those big eighteen to forty nine mm-hmm. ratings um, every Wednesday, and then who knows how their second show will do too. So uh, yes, I just Google Big Bang Theory ended in two thousand nineteen. <laughs> We're all <laughs> better for it. Yeah. So it's really it's more or less it's just kind of like a lateral move because tbs and tnt are you know from the same company they're kind of like the same network and actually tbs is in slightly more homes than tnt not a whole lot more a few hundred thousand more but a few more so i don't really think it makes much difference to aew everyone that wants to watch it's still gonna find it i know on youtube tv for me tnt and tbs are right next to each other uh, when you scroll the live listing so people are gonna find it it's going to prop up TBS's overall ratings, which they're going to be happy with. AEW's happy because you know they're getting more money, as you mentioned, Kyle. Now uh, they renegotiated their television contract, which is their big source of revenue. And you know what? They still get to be on TNT four times a year for those big specials. And I guess they're going to have to redo the the title belt. Won't have the TNT champion anymore. Maybe make should it just they just a call TV it the TV champion. title? Yeah, yeah, they, they should do that. I think they're getting a little cute with that. Just make it the TV title, but. Overall, I mean, I think it's a positive. You, you, you have to look at it as a positive because they're getting the second show, they're getting the quarterly specials, and they're getting more money. Right? And, and traditionalist yeah. wrestling fans are looking at it like, yeah, wrestling's back on TBS. So it is what it is. Honestly, I always think of TBS and TNT as one of the same. I mean, yeah, yeah pretty much. Like, when you think of TNT, you think of generally the NBA, right? But mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Th- this was dictated by and Monday Nitro but uh this was dictated by the NHL deal right that they just you know what's interesting about that is that there was a TNT comment today saying that oh no it's it doesn't have anything to do with the sports properties but then Tony Khan was asked and he was like oh yeah it does have to do with NHL and not being preempted as much and other things so (laughs) I suppose for like the network perspective it doesn't look great to say you know we're moving one of our hot television commodities because we got another one so they probably yeah. don't want to say that. But, I mean, common sense yeah, is exactly. it has to do with this. Yes, and so, and there yeah. is baseball on TBS, playoff baseball. Yeah, um, that's true. And, and CW Tournament airs on TBS, mm-hmm. uh, at least the first weekend. So, you know, they have. So I, um, I've i always thought of those two as, as kind of one and the same, though, generally. Um, and, and I don't think yeah, it's a lateral move in terms of it. People are going to find it. I don't think people are going to be confused uh, on what to do. Um, wrestling fans, you know, particularly AEW fans are pretty hardcore about it. I think everyone's going to know. I don't think um, there will be more than two people uh, on planet earth who put on TNT at eight o'clock, uh, you know, and, and get next year and get confused. <laughs> I just, I, I don't see that happening. So yeah, good for them. And the quarterly specials, like you said, a la clash of champions. That's cool. Like having eight big shows like that. Meltzer made this point on Twitter. So I'll steal it from him. Um, is pretty optimal. He he said 12 you could deal with. It's probably a little bit too much. But, you know, having the four pay-per-views and these four other specials, I think it's going to give that, you know, their creative process more destinations um, and, and, you know, excuses to have more big matches. And it should be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the other, only other thing I think we wanted to hit on was the – NXT releases tonight. Do you want to briefly talk about yeah. that? Yeah. Well, the uh, last thing about AEW, I just want to make sure they just we hit everything. Uh, I thought mm-hmm. I just want I just want to get everything out, you know, so we could. Talk. Miro's promo was great. I thought Orange Cassidy was very entertaining. Uh, 
in his segment with Omega. Don Callis was great in that segment, by the way. Um, and they are going to do Stadium Stampede too, despite yes. Jericho's injury. So uh, hit all that stuff there. And there was a Frankie Kazarian, uh, Christopher Daniels interview where Daniels whispered something into Kazarian's ear. Um, we didn't get to hear it. So, uh, yeah, again, I thought every every segment hit there. So let's turn NXT because uh, some sad stuff to report and something that I'm not very sad about, quite frankly. <laughs> I was wondering how you're going to approach that one. Oh, I'll, I'll trust me. <laughs> Got some time. <laughs> um, six releases, I believe, from uh, WWE and NXT today. Six um, or eight. I can't remember. Hold on. I feel terrible now. I, maybe it's eight if you include like the two referees. Yeah. So <laughs> the the one referee was not surprising at all. So if you've been following anything going on, you know that... Uh, Drake Wirtz has done a lot of awful things and he's been involved with some pretty awful groups and uh, worn his WWE paraphernalia while going off and spouting off about weird conspiracy theories and all of these things. So it wasn't surprising. It was actually more surprising that he didn't get released earlier. And, you know, you hate to wish for a guy to get released. I don't want anyone to lose their job or anything like that. But I mean, have some common sense, dude. And yeah, the, the general consensus was that there were not a lot of people they were upset by his release today at WWE. So, no. Um, and apparently, uh, this has been brewing for a long time, up to almost a year. I love the speculation that I saw on Twitter uh, that, that WWE waited a little bit because they didn't want to get David Bixen's fan uh, a reason to take a victory lap because he's been all over Drake works mm -hmm. and they kind of wanted it to extend it out. So it wasn't like obvious that it was tied to Bix, but Bix did a lot of reporting uh, on yep. this Drake works character and Drake works. Um, I'm not going to mince words. Uh, his political beliefs are absolute trash. Okay. They're not even like beliefs. They're just like, it's, we're not talking about like someone's ideology. We're talking about like buying into goofy ass conspiracy theories. I mean, that's, that's really what it is. Yeah, yeah. and know. he apparently stormed out uh, aggressively were the words I believe Sean Rat Ross Sapp used or, or something of that nature, a synonym for aggressive, when Triple H was giving the locker room a speech on Black Lives Matter. So, yeah, Feifel said that uh, Drake Wirtz had, quote, nuclear heat brought on by himself for most of the last year. Uh, he had been warned about attending events without a mask and not being vaccinated. He was known for loudly criticizing wrestlers for getting vaccinations or even flu shots. What a dumbass. I mean, God and how dude. many COVID outbreaks did they have there, by the way? No shit. No how, shit. I mean, how many of them was he responsible for? I mean, I don't know that answer, so I'm not going to recklessly speculate. But if you've got some jackass yelling mm. at people for wearing masks, he didn't help the situation. Yeah. And somebody wanted to fight him. So, I believe it. it was the other referee or something that, that that got released today. Well, it was somebody who got released today was the one who wanted to fight him. Uh, Jay Clemens? Maybe. I, yeah. I, I, I'm trying to scan my thing to get make sure. Yeah, I get the he best. was the other referee. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, so I guess one of the breaking points was that he had appeared at the Seminole County Public School Board meeting where yeah. he was wearing, I believe, a WWE polo shirt, if I remember yep. right. This was on May 11th, 
And he made a statement, a public statement to the board and argued that wearing masks in schools assist predators who wish to prey upon our children. And this goes right in with his QAnon crap and all that stuff that he's big time into. And I mean, when that happened, it was like, dude, he's gone. I mean, I don't know how they can justify keeping I this mean, guy around. Was he that arrogant that he thought he could get away with that? <laughs> no I mean, was, is he stupid? Yeah. Yes, he is stupid. <laughs> I mean, what is wrong? I mean, that was a. I mean, that was just like uh, an all-time embarrassing thing. I mean, I mean, like I'm saying, I can, I can talk. I'm friends with a lot of people with different political beliefs than myself, and I can, I can talk with people about politics if we differ on ideology. I can't talk to someone that's into this QAnon bullshit, and that's that's what Drake Wirtz is. And it again, not surprising that he was let go. So, and again, not a lot of people backstage at WWE were shedding tears about that. So, yeah, Drake and Jake Clemens were the referees that were released. And then uh, six performers. I think if you look at these, maybe one was surprising. Some maybe say two just because it's a name. But I think when you look at it a little bit deeper, maybe not that surprising. Uh, we had Jessamine Duke released, of course, one of the MMA four horsewomen. We had Kavita Devi, uh, Ezra Judge, Skylar Story, Vanessa Bourne, and Alexander Wolf. So, of course, Alexander Wolf, member of Imperium, um, mm-hmm. just was exited from the group and released the next day. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Wolf was a guy that I think of all of those names was probably the most shocking to people that people saw the most upside in. Again, Jessamine Duke, because she was in the uh, the Four Horsewomen with Ronda Rousey and everything, but she just really hasn't taken to wrestling very well. So it's not that surprising when you look at it a little bit deeper. Yeah, And they're never going to do that for horsemen for four horsewomen thing, I think. So that's yeah. why what she was around. So, um, you know, just to follow up on what I said earlier, Bix definitely without naming who it was said, wait, they fired the dude who almost beat up Drake for saying racist shit the same day they fired Drake. So mm. he does. So I, I don't know who it was, but, but apparently, you know, cause the report was somebody wanted to fight him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my, my hat's off to that person, quite frankly. Um, but yeah. so, the, so there's that, but yeah, you know, what's sad about these releases and it was true of some of the folks that were released, um, on the last round of main roster cuts too. And what's frustrating, some of these folks don't even like really get a shot. You know, I mean, you understand, you know, not to take the corporation's perspective, and certainly this is a company uh, that can afford to pay everybody. There's no disputing that. Um, you can only have so many people, right? If you're not going to use somebody um, and you don't see much value in them, then there's really no reason to keep them, right? But the problem is, like, a lot of these folks, like, they don't get a fair shake. You know, like, it's like, did we get to see them even, you know, show any flash of potential and that's what's frustrating you have like eight billion people and you still on tv they use the same like 10 right like they have this massive roster but the roster is too big even for how many hours of tv they have probably but even even saying that they have all the hours of tv and it's so much repetition and yeah you don't you don't really get to see a lot of people break through yeah i mean it's insane i've said it before and i'm going to reiterate it right now okay 10 52 eastern on may 19th I have never seen a promotion with so many jobbers to the stars where so mm-hmm. many people have been cast as meaningless and, you know, not a, again, people are going to get, you know, upset, but you look at AEW. Okay. They've got a large roster too, but they do a much better job at trying to keep everyone relevant. 
and not just seem like an afterthought or, oh, this loser is on the TV again. They do a much better job than WWE. Everything that happens matters because they have the ranking system. Wins wins and losses actually do matter in AEW. (laughs) You kind of sound like Ric Flair at uh, WrestleWar 89 when he's like, and that's why, Jim Ross, we're number one because we have a top ten. (laughs) <laughs> Everyone said that to me. Yeah. and i was like rick I, I i'm not sure anything you just said is true except that you do have a top 10 but um, well i mean they, they but they work it into everything right yeah. like they worked it in with moxley and kingston rising up the tag team ranks they've talked about it with the acclaim we were mentioned earlier so i mean like they always go back to that so that you know that everything that that happens on tv matters in some way you know it's yeah. going to drive them down the rankings it's going to drive them up the rankings it's not just some match happening in isolation with no build, and then you never hear about it again. And you didn't miss anything if you missed television. So why the hell should you care if you miss television yeah. at all? That's pretty much WWE right now. And they rotate, like we talked about with the blondes tonight. They rotate different people into key positions, which is key. So it's like a lot more people have been in key positions than in WWE. Yeah. Despite all that television where it's just, you know, Roman Reigns against the challenger of the month or, or whatever. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, but you know, back to NXT, it's, it's always sad when people lose their jobs, except Drake works. He, he, <laughs> I, I just don't know what to say. I mean, his, I mean, some people he, just ask for it. I mean, it's simply, you, you, you try to be sympathetic to people, but like he's queuing on people. I mean, these people are just the absolute dumbest of the dumb. I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> going Get a, a clue. Going I mean, to a school board meeting and spouting that off while wearing a, your WWE employee shirt. I mean, my God, is that dumb. It's yeah. not surprising the guy is into the QAnon stuff yeah. if he well, would I mean, think it, that, that was a smart decision. I mean, yeah, the act, you know, their actions being dumb is not a surprise when you just like analyze what they're saying and what they think. I mean, it's stupidity. I mean, I just don't understand how. There's all this information at your fingertips via the internet, and there's like this like swath of people in this country, and I, you know maybe that's not fair just to limit to this country. I'm sure it's around the world. They're just getting dumber. Yeah, and that's what I think with this QAnon. They're just like people who like actively become dumber via the internet. <laughs> how does that happen? How I do you become? How, how do you seek out information and become dumber? Dude. How does that happen? Cults are strong, man. I don't know what else to say. I guess, you know, when you're reading this stuff and and the algorithm is pushing you these crazy stories on TikTok and, and Facebook and wherever you're at, you just get deeper and deeper into it. And it just brainwashes you. It's just getting brainwashed pretty much. This 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 pod has taken a direction I didn't think it was going to go, but yeah, I mean that's pretty much. I mean that's what it is. It, it is what it is. Like I said, I'll say it one more time. You can talk. I I don't really care what someone's political beliefs are. I can talk to people about you know differing ideas about taxes, or um you know where the budget should be and stuff like that. I can't talk with people that think that there's a secret child sex trafficking ring and that the Obamas and the Clintons are drinking children's blood. I can't talk to you if you believe no. in that kind of nonsense. I mean, I mean, that's real dumb. And God bless real the show. QAnon? Man. So that, and, I mean, and by the way, I, you know, this is real talk here. Hopefully this guy's firing is a wake-up call to uh, the many people within WWE and wrestling that have donated to this man's charity. Yes. Because like that needs to be said too. Like there, mm-hmm. I mean, there are a lot 
of prominent names within WWE um, and AEW even for that matter who have donated to this guy. And I mean, you know, hopefully it's just, you know, a wake up call. People are like, Oh my God, what? I mean, this guy was a jackass. I mean, I know they said, you know, the reports, this guy had a lot of enemies, but you know, I mean, when he did, you know, some of those drives, I mean, I remember, you know, I'm, I'm not going to mention their names who did it. I mean, people can look it up. It's not hard to find, but there were people donating like signed merch to, to him mm-hmm. and whatnot for raffles and whatnot. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Yeah. Drake works. Wake up people. Wake up. A bad face. I let's just get real personal. I just don't oh, like God. his face. Oh, God. I mean, could he? Can. The fake yeah. can. Yeah. I mean, could he kick my ass? Yeah, he could. Okay. But I would have wanted to take a swing at him. <laughs> just that face. That face coupled with those terrible beliefs. I mean, yeah. why didn't more people take a swing at him? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to transition away from this as only I can by saying, Kyle, speaking of faces. I hope to see your face in person this November because also revealed today, AEW is holding the full gear pay-per-view. How about that? That that (laughs) was impressive. In St. Louis, Missouri, the Chaffetz Arena, early November. And man, that's going to be a fun weekend. Uh, So when I heard about it, I'm thinking, all right, they're running full gear. It's about a five-hour drive for me. You go down there with Justin, our other co-host. I've even talked to to him about it yet but uh just you're probably listening we're going to be talking about this maybe we can get kyle to fly in well we're going to have to talk about this but i've never been to st louis i was actually supposed to go at the very beginning of the pandemic cammy had a conference there um nobody cares about this but uh go on anyway and obviously that conference did not transpire i was looking forward to it and um yeah it didn't happen so maybe maybe uh Fun town, some fun breweries there. Not talking Budweiser, but some fun craft breweries I've been to down there. Maybe you can bring your friend Greg, who is listening along tonight in our Greg. In our let's do room. it. Let's just get in the let's get in the car. Yeah. So I don't know that's on my mind um, as we're opening back up and having more live shows. There's some stuff to look forward to on the horizon. But uh, yeah, when I saw that, I got a little excited. So hopefully, uh, maybe a road trip will be on on the horizon in November. But that was the other big news today: that Full Gear's loga- location was going to be in St. Louis early November, and I believe they're running like a, the Friday night show, the one hour show. They're hoping to run that from St. Louis uh, the day before because Full Gear is going to be a Saturday night pay per view once yeah. again. And you know, correct me if I'm wrong, was the first full gear or maybe even the first, yeah, there had only been one that wasn't um, in the pandemic. It was in Baltimore, right? So maybe right. that's going to be a, a rotating venue. Yeah, Because the other ones, because Double or Nothing, you got to assume, is going to be Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got well, so they haven't, anu- they haven't announced All Out yet, but like people are expecting that to be in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So if they do all out in Chicago, then their next one's in St. Louis. You got two in a row in the Midwest there. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. And, and, well, that's a, well. What about Revolution then next year? Is that going to? I mean, Revolution, going... I think, will be rotating. I mean, they they obviously have okay. the first one in Chicago, but okay. I think that will that yeah, will rotate. I, I mean, I, I, you can't do like yeah, having two. I mean, Chicago's great wrestling town, no doubt about it. Uh, but I, you know, having two pay per views there every year might seem like a little bit of overkill. Yeah, no, I, I expect all of Run all MSG. Dude, that'd be awesome. Why not? Do it. So, yeah, we got we got some pay-per-view locations to uh, look forward to that aren't the Thunderdome and that aren't 
uh, Daly's place. So Thunderdome. <laughs> WWE is hitting the road for Money in the Bank in July, and then of course SummerSlam as well. So we'll be hearing about those locations, I'm sure, in the weeks ahead. But uh, exciting things, stuff to look forward to in pro wrestling, not just with AEW, but uh, WWE hitting the road again too. So we'll be talking about all of it here on Top Rope Nation. If you enjoyed the show. Of course, check out our regular podcast. Um, those drop every Friday morning or available wherever podcasts are found. And, of course, the YouTube channel. Search Top Rope Nation. We do video casts of our regular pod on there and all kinds of bonus videos as well. So subscribe to the channel while you're at it. And then these locker room post shows, we do post in podcast format exclusively on our Patreon page. So if you're listening on demand, patrons, thanks for your support. Love to have you join us for the live show on the Locker Room app Wednesday nights moving forward. Uh, Although next week we might have to change it because AEW is going to be on Friday. Well, and this one I believe is going to be available to everybody, not to just reveal the way we do things, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. that We did talk about that, didn't we? Pushing this one out to the main feed is like our once a month bonus to everybody. But uh, yeah, yeah, the. uh, the, Yeah, check it out. The, The weekly shows. We do this every week, and every week you can find it as a, as a weekly bonus show on our Patreon page. Five bucks a month gets you four bonus podcasts uh, with the Top Rope Nation Extra Locker Room Show and also another bonus podcast, Top Rope Nation Classics, which is usually like a two-hour deep dive show that we love doing. Oh, the, shows yes. we, the shows we cover are voted on by our patrons. We'll be doing Wrestle War 92 here within the next couple of weeks. We're looking forward to that. And there's, there's an archive of over 30 bonus shows available right now when you sign up. Best way to support the podcast and get these shows each and every week in addition to the flagship. So would appreciate your support. I appreciate you for jumping on with me tonight, Kyle, and everyone that was listening along, jumping in and out of the, uh, the locker room app tonight. Love it. Yeah. So with that said, my name's Ryan Drosty. He's Kyle Ross. Talk to you guys next week. Take care.